Hello everyone, today I am speaking to a beautiful friend of mine called Becca. She is an amazing online nutrition and training coach who empowers women to become the healthiest and happiest version of themselves. Becca approaches these lifestyle changes in such an amazingly holistic way so that the women not only walk away with the external goal of looking good, but also feeling really good on the inside as she educates her clients what it means to master their mindset too. Becca is the kind of gal I love to follow on Instagram. She keeps it so real and courageously speaks openly about her struggles with her mindset and body image so that she can help others. Today we touch on a lot of things. We get into diet culture, disordered eating, self-love, what healthy eating means to a nutritionist, female hormones and weight loss and also touch on intermittent fasting. Becca is so knowledgeable and there is heaps of value in here. It really was a great conversation and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. I do want to put in a little disclaimer here that this podcast does get quite raw and vulnerable at times. We both dive into our struggles with eating disorders and I just want to mention that in the intro because this might be a triggering topic for some people. So if that's the case, I'm just putting that out there there now. Um, You don't need to listen to it. But um, if it sounds like your jam, then let's just get into it. Hello everyone, welcome to the Magic Mindset Podcast. My name is Hannah. I'm a self-development junkie who is passionate to help others become the best version of themselves. This podcast is for anyone who is looking to up-level their mindset, whether it be career, wellness, mental health or spirituality, there's going to be something here for everyone. I'll be joined weekly with inspiring guests from around the world who are not only going to be helping you grow, but me too. We're in this journey together, guys. This podcast holds space for raw, honest and vulnerable conversations that will hopefully help you realize that you are not alone and give you the confidence to pursue whatever it is you dream of. Thank you so much for listening. I love you and appreciate you so much. Welcome Becca, I'm so happy to have you as one of my first guests on the Magic Mindset podcast. For those who don't know, myself and Becca have grown up together and she's one of my closest friends. Um, The last time I spoke, I met Becca, sorry, was in Bali, so this is a real life catch up um, and it's a chat that's definitely overdue, so I'm just so excited to, to chat to Becca today all about health, fitness and nutrition. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. And to be your first guest as well, that's an absolute honor. Amazing. So Becca, I've already given you a little intro before we started, but I think it would be a really nice starting point for you to just introduce yourself in your own words. Just give us a little rundown of who you are and what you do. Absolutely. So I'm Becca. Um, I'm a nutritionist and coach. Um, I started my own business about two years ago now. like time absolutely flies that's even mad to say um so initially I studied a bachelor's in professional social care practice um so I worked in the child protection social services industry um for about six years and up until December of 2020 I was kind of working as both a social care worker and a nutritionist so um I spent I suppose the majority of my time trying to build my name and my brand and to you know build a client base and I finally took the plunge in December 2020 and became fully self-employed so it's kind of skyrocketed ever since um, and I'm growing and enjoying the journey along the way so each day I work with ladies um, to improve things like their body image their food relationship 
improve their lifestyle, help them manage their weight, and overall just help people to gain more confidence in themselves and in the decisions that they make each day. So that's me. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, I think the results just speak for themselves as well. You know, you can see from your social media and not just in a physical sense, but also, you know, the message messages you get from from the people that you work with about how their mindset has shifted since working with you. So I think it's very inspiring and you are absolutely amazing at what you do. Um, but yeah, I think what would be kind of interesting to talk about is your progression kind of in this space in terms of your own health and fitness journey. Um, because yeah I know I, I've kind of been on my own as well so we can just get into a, a bit of that yeah absolutely so we all have our own journeys like you said um, and definitely the passion for what I do comes from a place of kind of being on both sides of the coin so I know how it feels to you know struggle with your weight but I also know how it feels to be in an unhealthy relationship with food and exercise we'll say and do things to the excess so I've been on both sides of the coin like I said so I suppose just to give you an insight into you know my journey um, as a child growing up I would have been overweight I suppose in a larger body to the to my peers we'll say um I would have been self-conscious I have vivid memories of like crying to my mom when I was a child you know about being fat and that and I have vivid memories of like getting sick after pee in school I don't know can anyone relate but the bleep tests in school used to actually give me such anxiety (laughs) they were like the nightmare yeah but um I discovered dieting, I suppose, just before I left secondary school. So in my late teens, I would have, um, I suppose, taken a really unhealthy approach to weight loss. And I did see the weight fall off, of course, but that left me in a really unhealthy place. Like I spent a year of my life very withdrawn, very moody, very cold, actually, and just really miserable. And um, thankfully, like it didn't go it didn't go to the point of me getting diagnosed with a clinical eating disorder, we'll say, but I certainly struggled for a long time. And I suppose all throughout my college years, I would have had a lot of body image issues. I was very, very underconfident, um, very withdrawn, and it just wasn't the most pleasant time in my life, we'll say. Um, But I discovered weight training in 2015, 2016, and that was like a huge, huge um, game changer it completely changed everything for me I no longer wanted to be tiny and miserable and unhealthy and weak I wanted to be strong and capable and well able in the gym and for anyone who gets into the gym you know performing and progressing is is um you know a huge thing and you need to do that you need to eat to do that so yeah thankfully I found my love for training yeah amazing so I feel like that all everything you just said there really resonated with me because yeah I've been through kind of my own struggles with body image and just yeah weight loss and doing it in in a really kind of restrictive way um and like you said I think a lot of the times we may not be like I wasn't clinically diagnosed with anything but I know what I was going through I did have an eating disorder so I think because a lot of the time things like this don't go diagnosed, a lot of us can live with these things without actually really realizing it. Um, so, yeah. I, yeah, I think, you know, if we could just get into that, like what actually falls under the umbrella of disordered eating? Because a lot of us might just think, oh, well, I'm just on 
like this healthy diet or, or something and not Absolutely. truly yeah. realize that they're actually struggling so yeah it's so real because I suppose there's a spectrum right so on one side of the spectrum it's kind of like a healthier relationship with food the other side and the more severe side is a clinical eating disorder so in order to be diagnosed with a clinical eating disorder you have to have um, certain criteria for each of the disorders in the middle of that spectrum then is disordered eating and that's what what I would work with mainly because I'm not qualified to work with clinical eating disorders that's more like a GP or a, um, a dietitian who specializes in eating disorders right so with the disordered eating a lot of the time it's quote-unquote things deemed people deem as normal so it might be you know super high restraint very restrictive um, eating behaviors only eating certain foods viewing things as good versus bad and having tremendous guilt around eating things they deem as bad um, a lot of the binge eating tendencies or the emotional eating tendencies would be falling under disordered eating as well or you know that real food preoccupation and letting food consume your day we'll say or things like fear of social occasions in case you're going off the track or you're not tracking everything you eat. So it is very broad in terms of there's a lot of different aspects of disordered eating. But at the end of the day, um, the majority of them come down to the same principles, like looking at the fundamentals of nutrition, working on our mindset and really breaking down, you know, the barriers and what it is that's making you think like that so a lot of the time our thought processes are ingrained from you know years of maybe looking up to celebrities or um you know following the diet culture type messages um and the diet culture messages are everywhere like it's an industry where millions and we're trying to be sold different things constantly and bombarded so really trying to identify where the beliefs are coming from and trying to break down kind of those beliefs I think is the main thing mm -hmm. yeah 100% I definitely I, I agree with that because yeah these are like deep-rooted beliefs that uh, that we have and we don't even realize that we have them you know until you actually have you have to look these things straight in, the, in yeah. the eye and see where it's coming from and that that's how you will actually combat it you know because yeah. I think you know you might have disordered eating now which what you just spoke about but for me, I think it was the progression um, from disordered eating to an actual eating disorder. Like that's almost like a natural progression that that, that can happen. Um, so catching it at that stage before it actually progresses to an eating disorder is like, you know, could could really save you. So I think doing that work and obviously, you know, seeking help and seeking professional advice, if if any of those things did kind of you resonated with and you felt like oh god maybe I, I do suffer from one of those things it, it is important because it could you know progress to something like far more serious absolutely yeah yeah and I think normalizing things like that it's just it's everywhere in society because like I just touched on there with diet culture and if anyone isn't sure what diet culture actually is it's it's a culture really that suggests that people are more or less um worthy or moral like you know it kind of defines someone um with their body size and you know their weight and it's really challenging that head-on and you know the messages that crop up like you know you see um 
fat melting or cellulite disappearing creams or wraps and guilt-free foods and all of these words contribute to the whole diet culture industry or whatever so it's really trying to challenge those and instead of letting it you know sink in and for you to process it just kind of challenging it and really yeah just working through yes just yeah no 100% I agree so Becca if someone is listening right now and they feel like they might struggle with disordered eating um, what would your advice be to them yeah I would say reach out like speak to someone that you trust there's nothing more detrimental than going through something in your own head because it can often be blown up in your own head and really it can get progressively worse I suppose if you don't share it so share with someone you trust um have lots of self-compassion I think that's an area that gets missed a lot you know treating yourself like you would a friend and speaking to yourself like you would a friend so often we are so mean to ourselves and I know this is a bit cliche like oh hashtag be kind to yourself but it's so so important and a lot of the work I do with my clients is around self-compassion and you'd be surprised when you start actually speaking to yourself nicely and doing nice things for yourself and sometimes those nice things mightn't be necessarily the things that you really want to do it might be opting to you know eat a nourishing meal or to actually take a rest day from the gym or something that you don't really want to do um so self-compassion is broad but it's important and challenging the food rules like I touched on earlier so why do you view something as bad what is it about that certain food that makes you feel guilty you know why are you trying to maybe burn off calories or whatever it is that you feel is the unhealthy habit that you have um and journaling and just trying to get to the root of what it is that you're actually feeling and, and where the beliefs are coming from if then you feel that it's a little bit more serious I suppose or if it's really impacting the quality of your life to the point that you're not really functioning doing your normal day-to-day things then you know reaching out to the likes of Bodywise, it's um, an eating disorder association um, or again talking to your GP would what would I be recommending yeah Becca I think that's really really amazing advice because I think so many of us can live with these things and not actually do anything about it so for me when I actually was struggling with my eating disorder I didn't seek any help I was completely battling with that myself so what I actually struggled with was bulimia bulimia um And I had that for years. And I know that when my friends hear this, they will be absolutely shocked because you never would have known. It was in no way obvious that I had it. Um, So I think, you know, it would have been easier if I had seeked that professional advice or or gone to the doctor or, or just done something about it instead of actually dealing with that completely by myself. I probably would have healed faster and probably would have come out of it like better as well because even when I stopped making myself get sick I still kind of restricted myself for for a little while like felt guilty around eating certain foods I know for me carbs was a huge thing I just thought carbs were the absolute devil um and if I did eat something bad I'd be straight onto the treadmill kind of a thing so if I actually had the proper education around that it would have been really 
like pivotal to to my healing so yeah I do think it's it's amazing that we kind of got mentioned those places to seek help how did you recover like how did you so for me really when the eating disorder actually stopped it was around the time when when I met my ex-boyfriend so it was almost like like looking back on it now I feel like because like as soon as I saw someone else actually was looking at me in almost like a loving way I then somehow regained love for myself and that's just me being completely honest like like that's a very unhealthy way as well to to kind of completely put yourself worth on someone else but um yeah this story really comes back to what you were speaking about earlier Becca which is self-compassion and self-love you know this is an exact example of me not having any self-compassion or love for myself because I was clearly seeking it from a source outside of myself you know looking back on it now I'm so grateful that that person came into my life and without even realizing it he had a huge impact on healing my eating disorder it's actually a bit mad that I'm speaking about this so openly now because I actually never confided in him about having an eating disorder in the first place because I was actually really in denial that I even had one for so long I'd convinced myself that I felt sick and that certain foods aka pizza ice cream basically anything that I thought was going to make me fat would make me sick um I actually like I just remember living off half a fillet of chicken, which I would boil because I was just so scared to use oil to fry it. And I just boiled all my veg. But slowly throughout the relationship with this person, I started to see myself through the lens of love again. And I started to eat different things and naturally just stopped feeling like I had to go to the toilet and spew everything up. But yeah, then it came to a point where I was like, wow, I actually don't even do that anymore. And from that place, I was able to really look at what I was doing all along and be real with myself that no, I wasn't feeling sick. It was it was actually an eating disorder. But anyway, to sum this whole thing up, I don't want anyone to get what I'm saying twisted. I'm absolutely not promoting that you should go out and get a boyfriend and that all your issues will be fixed. What I'm actually saying here is that, you know, there is such power in self-love and self-compassion. And I really believe that this is what this is what was actually this is what needed healing in myself, because as soon as I received that love from an external source, I actually started to heal. But this love doesn't need to come from anyone else other than yourself. And that's what I really want the take home message from this very personal story to be, you know, knowing what I do now, I think it's so sad that I felt that love needed to come from an outside source rather than it coming from myself. And it sounds so cliche, but the strongest sense of love actually does come from within yourself, like loving yourself. It it really is an inside job. But of course, getting help from someone to aid you in getting there can be really beneficial. So I'm not going public with this story for pity. Um, The goal is of this is just to solely spread awareness around the power of self-love, really. You know, so many of us 
go through difficulties with our body images and I can only imagine the pressure young girls feel today having grown up with social media for me social media came about when I was a teenager and it still really affected my mental health so me speaking about this publicly is for those younger guys and girls it's for anyone who's gone through an eating disorder in the past or is currently going through one right now I just want to let you know that you're not alone and you can get through this and you don't need to keep this to yourself. A lot of that, like I was saying earlier, not to, you know, stay in your own head and in your own mind and to share with someone that you trust. And like if you had just maybe explored that with someone that you trusted and even said around, you know, I think these foods are making me feel sick, even just trashing it out with someone could have helped you realize then that actually that wasn't the case. Um, so yeah it is so important to to share in your living experience of that mm-hmm. yeah 100 I totally agree with that um, you know as females I think we just feel so so pressurized to conform to this kind of beauty standard that we're seeing all around us on Instagram on just the media in general um, and what many of us don't realize is that we have just this other set of factors that we need to counter in if we are on a weight loss journey which is our hormones and Becca I know that you really kind of touch on this you're very educated when it comes to like the female hormones um and how they impact us on a weight loss journey so how yeah if we could just maybe get touch on that just come back to your point there around like the expectations and the I suppose the standards we set for ourselves and a lot of the time the standards that we set for ourselves and I see this with clients all the time um they're set from you know an image that is a lot of the time airbrushed filtered you know posed all that and I think when we forget that and when we like let ourselves open to seeing these images and being bombarded by these images all the time it can just be really detrimental so really bringing back like what is realistic like the likes of cellulite I don't even like bringing this up because it is such a normal part of the female body it shouldn't even be acknowledged like this but it is an area and it is a thing that a lot of women are conscious of um and trying to like completely get rid of that it isn't actually realistic in a lot of cases because some people just have more than others and all that kind of thing and it comes down to hormones and if we're go if we're going to go down a road where we are trying to achieve unrealistic um things from our body basically it just sets us up for letting other aspects of our health slip and slide and like you said our hormones could be a little out of whack um even like aspects of our social life or relationships all of that is going to suffer so I really do like to put an emphasis on that through my social media and trying to put that message across um that you know we're all human and there is some amazing accounts out there now I think that are very real and it is helping people but at the same time you could look at it in another light it's drawing attention to these very normal aspects of the human body so I'm kind of a bit torn at the moment between like the insta versus reality type um pictures like why is there even still a need you know that's the thing mm-hmm. um but it is just the way the way like yeah at least it is bringing awareness yeah to... and we're moving in the right direction I think. yeah yeah 100 but yeah is there anything else that you think we should be aware of when it comes to like just like our our hormones throughout the month you know obviously they're changing 
Yeah, so they change all the time. So if you're on contraception, it's a little different. But if you are, you know, if you just have your menstrual cycle without um, being on like the likes of the pill or whatever, definitely being more in tune with your body. So I do get my clients to track their menstrual, menstrual cycle um, just because if you're trying to lose weight or if you're under a lot of pressure or stress and some irregularities pop up within the cycle, then that can be a red flag that maybe you're pushing too hard, um, that kind of thing. So definitely there is things to be aware of, but also like your mood, if your PMS is very severe, then that's another red flag that there's something not exactly right. Um, like I think we forget that PMS is normal to a point, but when it gets to the point of like interfering with your daily life. So if you have to call in sick to work, if you actually can function, then that isn't something that you need to be living with. So a lot of the time that comes down to lifestyle factors. You know, what is, what does your lifestyle look like? Are you getting enough sleep? Are you constantly stressed out of your brains? Are you drinking a lot? Um, do you know, all of these things play a big role. And of course your nutrition. So all of those things to watch out for I think anything in extreme you know extreme pain or anything like that is, is definitely something to yeah I think that's so important because so many of us feel like that's just a normal thing yeah. it's like yeah. part of our monthly cycle like oh yeah this is just me when in yeah. fact like it's probably something that needs to be looked at yeah there's so much you can do like even implementing things that might seem so simple for one person but can make such a huge difference so the likes of meditation um just getting into a relaxed state as much as you can um getting enough sleep like i mentioned so i would get clients to track like their sleep and their stress levels um so then even looking at like your nutrition as a whole the nutrients that you're getting in and certain supplements for example can be really useful um when you are trying to overcome things like pms um, and hormonal issues like that but also watching out for if you are someone on a weight loss journey or you're trying to lose weight um, or if you fall into the kind of disordered eating bracket your menstrual cycle is kind of like a monthly report report card so if it is showing up on time bang on and you're kind of being able you're able to keep going with life smoothly then great but if it isn't showing up sometimes if it's late if it's irregular um then you know it might be a sign that you need to change something up Mm -hmm. yeah I think that's yeah really really valuable for all the gals out there listening to this pod um so I think we're just going to switch gears a little bit here um so coming from someone who absolutely did not have an iota what healthy eating actually was even though I would have regarded myself as quite like a healthy person like for my entire life um it can be very confusing when we're just being bombarded online with all these kind of like what healthy eating is you know there's keto diets veganism anti-inflammatory diets there's just all of this stuff online so I really want to hear from your perspective from a nutritionist perspective what does a healthy diet actually look like to you like okay, what, what me, is a health? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, to be honest with you, like I feel anything extreme, unless there is a need, like uh, maybe a medical reason or an ethical reason, then I feel that anything extreme isn't the way to go. So things like cutting out food groups completely, 
unless, like I said, there's a medical reason, an intolerance or an ethical reason, then I don't ever recommend you do that. So I like to encourage clients to have a high protein, you know, whole grains, fruit, veg, um, you know, a wide variety of everything really to ensure they're getting all the nutrients in. There is lots of different beliefs and ideas out there. Like you said, it is so, so confusing. And I don't want to sound condescending in my message at all because I've been there. I've done the special K diet. I've done no carb, high fat, juicing, the works. So I understand. And it is like the quick fix is often very, very tempting. But the thing is the quick fixes, they are counterproductive because you end up back to square one or even further away. Um, so that's what a healthy diet looks like to me. Uh, a wide variety of foods and nothing banned. And like the nicer things in life in there too. Things that you enjoy most because yeah. they're always going to be there and you need to be able to enjoy them and manage, you know, manage them in a way mm-hmm. that you can include them. Yeah, 100%. Um, and uh, do you know what I'm really interested about as well is intermittent fasting because I really hear... A, a lot about this on two sides of the argument so yeah I'd love to hear what what you actually think about intermittent fasting so intermittent fasting I guess it depends what you're doing it for like for weight loss the reason why it would work for people is because when you need to lose weight or when you want to lose weight um you have to go into a calorie deficit which means that the energy coming in is less than the energy going out so what intermittent fasting does is it just reduces your calories so that you're in a calorie deficit obviously if you've less time to eat then you're going to be reducing your calories um a lot of the time people will fast let's say night time and that can be a time where people tend to overeat so again that would be a way of cutting out you know the the unwanted calories or whatever but when it comes to that like it doesn't I know there's certain beliefs that it speeds up your metabolism or it kind of reboots it or you know I'm not really even yeah sure it. I, but I, the evidence is there that it's for weight loss that's exactly the reason why it works and there's no other reason other than that um you know so so if, mm-hmm. it, if it fits in with your life then then fine and if if it works for you then fine but if you're someone who's into training or that and you you know you need to have fuel in you to function for work let's say then I wouldn't be suggesting your yeah 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 because what I was hearing was it actually wasn't something to do with weight loss it was I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about intermittent fasting and its um, effect on the microbiome and that's you know, but I've heard two 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 sides of the argument because it's yeah. saying it starves the the bad bacteria, but it can obviously also starve the good bacteria as well. Yeah, um, for people with IBS and mm-hmm. that, um, it, there is some research to suggest that if you do intermittent fasting, that you can, I suppose, help it, and that it, it might ease symptoms for some people, but again, not for everyone. Yeah. Yeah, everyone's different. Very independent, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting though. Um, so the last question I have for you is what's next? What is next for Becca? I know there was some huge announcement this week on Instagram. So yeah, I want to hear what's um what's in the pipeline for Becca. Yeah, for me, um, in a, and personally, I suppose just to enjoy life, enjoy this journey. I suppose I'm coming into my sixth month of being 
fully self-employed now and doing what I love so um yeah just to be happy with where I'm at I think so often we get to somewhere we want to go and we forget that we've worked so hard to get there and so I'm trying to like celebrate the wins because it's just something that I seem to skim over sometimes yeah um, I think we can all be guilty of that yeah and it's so important isn't it just to like even your podcast launch like it's such a big deal and yeah you could have just easily just been like oh yeah done dusted on to the next mm-hmm. so just celebrate things um in terms of business what's next just to continue to grow my own business continue to work with my wonderful clients and watch them thrive um, reach out to as many people as I can so I started working with another wonderful coach in the industry who I've looked up to for a very long time so it's very very exciting um, so I will be working with even more people now going forward so yeah watch this space amazing thanks so much for coming on um, it was so nice to talk to you Becca I absolutely loved it there's absolute knowledge bombs in there for everyone um, I took a lot away from that myself so thanks so much for being the first interviewee I absolutely loved having you on I'm so excited for the rest of the pod it's like the most amazing little pod going and best of luck thanks so much gal Sorry guys, that ended a little bit abruptly there. Myself and Becca just started hysterically laughing, so I had to cut that kind of short. Um, But I hope you enjoyed it. I also forgot to mention Rebecca's Instagram handle, so I'm just going to drop that in now. It's Becca, B-E-K-K-A-L, the letter L, and then Hartnett, which is H-A-R-T-N-E-T-T. I definitely recommend go checking her out. She is just... A phenomenal gal all round so knowledgeable um and I'm just yeah so happy that she was the first guest on the podcast um so yeah gonna leave it there my sweethearts um I hope you enjoyed it and I'll catch you on the next episode thank you so much for listening I love and appreciate every single one of you so much and I really hope you took some value away from today's episode if you've got a minute and are feeling kind I would love if you left me a review This podcast is a one-man show, so any support would be really appreciated. Also, if you'd like to get in touch, you can find me on Instagram. My handle is Hannah O'Shea, so just H-A-N-N-A-H-O-S-H-E-A. Nice and Irish. I would absolutely love to hear from you. Until next time, my loves.